So one of the aims and therefore the encouragements when one's doing a retreat is to look for a reset, look to uh, refresh, reset. Um, you know, that's why we take that time out. We disorient. Disorientation, which sounds like a negative experience, and it can be unsettling, but it's also to loosen up one's definitions, purpose, identity, what one belongs to, what one's doing, uh, how one thinks, how one relates to one's body, other people, the whole thing. Uh, just to put a pause on that, lift, review, from a place of non-engagement or not compulsive engagement and start to moderate where is the suffering, stress in this, where are things stuck and when we enter into this kind of a neutral, non-aligned, non-domestic uh, situation, then our habits stand out. Those habits can seem to belong to my job or my relationships or my home or whatever. And then you step out and you think, oh no, it's actually being generated in my chitta. In some fundamental way we remember, we see the patterns of planning, of remembering, of feeling inadequate, of uncertain what to do. And uh, even things that are non-verbal, strange sense of aloneness, abandonment, isolation, or uh, frustration, some sort of, you know, urges to get something done, you know, to, to get on and activate. So as you really get some perspective on what are called the five kanda, uh, which um, can be a topic. <laughs> But right in the centre of that, uh, we have the, what is called the, the feeling, Vedana, Sanya, perception, impression, Sankara, activations, formative energies, volitional tendencies. Um, and these, these three kind of very rapidly concocting realities. And around that, certain binding this is myself this is who she is this is how we are this is where I live this is the world that's how it was that's how it will be and that binding generates a a binding which is called upadana generates a continuing quality called bhava a sense of permanence I was, I am, I will be. A pattern is generated, a blueprint, sense of a fixed, continuing existence in line with feeling and perception, activations, formative energies, in line with uh, perceptions, my perceptions of myself, my perceptions of others, my perceptions of the world and so forth, externally, internally, remain established. One seeks them to be established in order to establish a sense of continuity, orientation.
it's not even a choice, it's a, it's a powerful habit. In terms of um, formative energies, we seek progress, we seek achievement, we seek finality, we seek agreeable, we seek knowable, we seek certainty, we seek something, we're seeking volitional tendency, sankara, moving onward. And we may seek it in specific situations, in my health, in my mind states, in my relationships, in my domestic situation. May these come into being, which seems completely natural and is natural. But of course, um, it doesn't really arrive. <laughs> it arrives at a certain degree, but there's always something changing in, in it that needs to be altered or fixed or yeah so we keep going on and this plays out the details change the basic patterning can continue and we want to know that patterning you know one can take issues with the Details of the perception, perception of myself or other people, what I was, what I will be, what I'm not, what I never will be, that generates feeling, pleasant, agreeable feeling. Uh, And then volition again. Let's change that to something more agreeable. So that there's a sankara, volitional tendency continues, searching for the agreeable quality of feeling based upon some agreeable perception, a new definition of what I am, or could be, or will be, and so forth, and how other people will be if I could actually make them a certain way. That's what I'll do. I'll try to make that person into a better, more balanced person. And that'll be, that'll be fine. And so it goes. Uh, aggregates, kundas. Um, and how else, indeed, can one operate? In fact, this is the natural territory of the chitra in the human form that is territory and uh, so yeah that's the territory inevitable when does that clinging to it that binding to it that searching for permanence into it occur since it's not permanent things don't quite go the way I want them to I keep establishing a plan where they would be but they don't quite make it. Mm. Yeah. So that sense of a continuing, planable existence. Where could that be relieved? How could that be relieved? Mm. So it's not the kanda themselves, but the attachment to it, the binding to it.
And we notice as we contemplate this a certain pressurized quality to this clinging and continuation of bhava, becoming, existence, experience certain density, intensity, trajectory. Energy is driven in a certain way. And this I call the spear or the arrow of intention. It's always forward into something else. When you contemplate the energy of that, there's a certain shaping of that energy. And fundamentally, you know, our lives in the human realm are presented as an arrow. You were this, you will be that. And with the right conditions, you will arrive at this target point. And human species was this, and we're developing progress. Certain point we will arrive at. We can invent this and create this, and we'll get there. And we can cure this and fix that, we'll get there. One day we'll cure death, and we'll get there. Don't cure death, cut your head off, stick it in a freezer, and then some future generation will stick a new body on it, there you are again. <laughs> One day, thinking, wow, don't I really want that, you know. Because the next body will also have pain, sickness, and death involved in it. <laughs> but from the point of view of that shape of the mind, these those these seem ridiculous. There is that driven onward, and so as we contemplate the energies of all that, we recognise this is jitta being shaped by clinging, being shaped by being bound into these aggregates this is jitta and jitta is not an aggregate jitta organizes itself in terms of aggregates in terms of perceptions feelings form and consciousness it orients in terms of birth and conditioned reality in terms of these aggregates feeling gives it sensitivity Orientation. So it's about orientation, security and uh, comfort. So it goes into the, these are the channels through which it gets oriented to the conditioned existence. As a form, something you can be contained by or, or knock up against. It's got a firmness to it. You can occupy a form called a body. You can occupy a form called a relationship. You can occupy a form called a room or a planet, you know, there you are, there you are, you know where you are because you're in that. And perception, you can recognize, you can remember, you can carry that that notion and all notions around with you. Feeling, you can be stimulated, you can be pricked, pushed, triggered, enticed, you know, get that kind of bumping up against experience that gives us an orientation, gives us comfort. Perception, and and in Sankara, you you get motivated one way or another to generate more or less change direction. That's that's the the equipment. The jitta loads or gets 
comes with the potential for that when it arrives in birth into this particular conditioned form. Jitta is not the aggregates. You can witness them. You can actually contemplate feeling, which is what we've been cultivating, cultivate form, internal form, one's own body, its various subtle form, subtle form, internal body, subtle impression, it gross form, you know, forms around you, you can contemplate the experience of form, you can witness it, and you can also sense with that quality of knowing, witnessing, that's that. Uh huh. And uh, if you're cultivating that way, it says just to the extent to which one knows there is a body. It's a stillness about that, the ending of proliferation, the ending of judgment and measurement of future and past, of could be and should be, of direction. And that quality, that, that arrow, that spear, of intention becomes a circle instead, changes. Now we're no longer going forward or backward or aiming for a target. Jitta, form of the jitta, changes into an open circle, just encompasses this is form. This is a body, in this sense it's a body. Internal body, subtle bodies, body of breathing, flesh body, bodies of other people, this is it. Uh And that's stripping away of the qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And the chitta becomes more like an encompassing circle. It just embraces the whole thing. No drive. No arguing with it. And there's a certain stillness that occurs just with that. The degree of stillness that occurs, or that moments of stillness that occur, the realization, oh, there's an awareness. Chitta. So in this instance, when the chitta is... uh, the sankharas are allayed or abate, the quality of chitta, which may have felt like heart, becomes something more like awareness. It's quite cool, but it has this encompassing quality, embracing quality that we equate with the heart. It just gathers around everything. Yeah. Oh. Dwelling in that, one becomes more dispassionate towards shape, body, one's own, one's others. It's just this. Because it's not self. When it's witnessed as thus, any sense of self that would be, would be coming towards that which witnesses it. As that which gives greater sense of ease and stability. This seems a better place to hang out than I don't have to get into the hassle around form, around liking, disliking, changing, adjusting, worrying, feeling self-good, all this stuff is, get it, 
it's not going to get satisfactory. Therefore, change a relationship, one of dispassion. And yet we also recognize to, uh, um, you know, to arrive at such a place generally requires using body in, in a careful, mindful way, setting it up, stabilizing, getting as steady and comfortable as possible, applying attention to it. Yeah. So this doesn't mean we negate the value of caring for a body. It definitely becomes easier to contemplate it. It's not, you know, racked with pain or crumbling. But recognizing that's probably going to happen at some time or another, <laughs> you said, "This is while it's still reasonably manageable. Let me use this as a basis to establish that cool, open knowing, and really firm that up. Really firm that up." while the time is, while one still has the opportunity and the advantage. Mm. Uh, And then we come to feeling, Mm. perceptions, meanings. How the citta organizes itself in terms of um, values and aims and so forth. Mm. Meanings, impressions, impressions of oneself impressions of other people, impressions of the future, impressions of the past, impressions of relationships, all this, perceptions, they can become extremely loaded, quite uh, saturated with uh, dukkha, not necessarily anguish, but incomplete, not satisfying, not fixed yet, could be better, wish it would last longer, well, you know, it's gone, it's, that one, that good one is gone. So all these are kind of operate in that sphere of perception. And therefore that perception touches the mind, feeling arises, which prods regret, sadness, painfulness, pleasure, and one wants to sustain. And when it's driven again into a contracted shape, well, when we've begun to establish this sense of the most fulfilled shape, energy, dimension, span of the jitta is a circle, and you place that over the perception, this too can be sensed, known, not reacted to, not twitched around, not contracted, not shattered, just that's that. It's like this now. I'm this now. I could be, I should be, I would be, I wish I was, but actually it's like this now. And with that generation um, of that quality of chitta, uh, it's natural for the chitta's expression of sympathy, which is not uh, sentimental, but just, oh, it feels like this, resonance. This is where the mind, where the jitter itself gets activated into 
distress, agitation. So witnessing that, there's that quality of the sympathy that generates a healing resonance. It's like this, it's calming, comforting, assuring. So that that chitter doesn't contract, seize, break up, scatter. Chitta is profoundly affected by perceptions and feeling, and under that, the intensity of those, the poignancy of those, the, the inflammability of those, the energy of the chitta, the energetic form, easily rushes and breaks up. The energy breaks up into past and future, should be and could be, wish I was and why don't they? What will I be and what do people think of me? And then that which was potentially unity becomes a multiplicity of quarrelling internal perceptions. And one becomes haunted by these beings. These perceptions become almost independent entities who suddenly jump up in your heart and start talking to you. (laughs) Perceptions of what you were perceptions of what you think other people think, perceptions based upon your perceptions of others. And these are like have an energetic potential of their own to stimulate, to stir. And they, be, they split off from the main stability of the heart, of awareness. These fragmented experiences were scattered over space and time scattered into various reflections of self and other, past and future, how your parents perceived you, how your friends perceive you, how you perceive them, and it becomes extremely intense in there. And you're trying to find where will be the one of these which is true and valid, which is the true perception, that's true and valid, to give me a clear orientation, and there isn't one. establish, you know, because you attach to any of those, then I'm right, that's wrong. You know, uh, various dissonances start to occur within these perceptions, within these memories. I was better, but now I'm worse. I was worse, and now I'm better. How long can I maintain it? Regret about the past. Um, feeling one's progressing. And and then this kind of turbulence gets set up. What is it to be free of the past? To be free of experiencing yourself as some kind of object as seen by others. You know, I'm a valued person, I'm, but she doesn't like me very much, or he's got issues with me, or... You know, what does it get to be free of, of that shadow impressions that run around wherever the self lands? I'm not as good as. I never can be as good as she is, he is. What does it get to, to get free of it? Keep affirming yourself? I am as good. I'm just as good as everybody else. 
I really am as good as everybody else. Why do you have to keep affirming it then? <laughs> Maybe it's just you don't have to affirm a self. <laughs> Perhaps there's somewhere better to go. Yeah, just then you chitta in understanding all perceptions are impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not descriptive of a self. Rises from that activity, whatever is perceived internal, external, is impermanent, changing, relative, and there's nothing for there in, in that for me. There's nothing innately bound up with my well-being in that. A greater sense of well-being can, can occur through understanding perception is like this, you're never going to get the right one. Uh, but that perspective on perception is extremely freeing, liberating, uh, and gives you plenty, gives the mind plenty of room to to reset, to search, to inquire, to dwell in what's beautiful. Now, free of the past, free of the future. We don't have to have a result. We don't have to become something else. So you look at that even in microcosmic sense when you're, you're leaving your room, going to the meditation hall, open the door, close the door, going to the meditation hall. What meditation hall? Well, yeah, the meditation hall, just, just up there. It's only what meditation hall? That's a perception, isn't it? And once you establish that perception, you've got to get to the meditation hall, particularly on time. A certain momentum is established. The arrow is in the bow. You can draw it slowly. <laughs> you can <laughs> still, here we go. And in that, who's walking? Once you have a direction, an aim that you believe in, right? The meditation all definitely got to get there by such and such a time. That generates a person who has to get there. Otherwise, they'll be late, <laughs> which is a horrifying prospect. Everyone will know they're late because they hear the floor creaking. However, carefully this person sneaks in late, they hear the floor, and everybody knows you were lazy, taking a nap, dithering, looking out the window, rather than being diligent. That shame as you walk into the hall is so dreadful. (laughs) I mustn't be late, whatever. So that self gets generated around anxiety. And it's subtle. I imagine, but just notice how the shaping occurs. When the shaping occurs, then the self arises. 
could, of course, be a completely different set of values. I really want to get there. Great, get down to that Safu and get enlightened. Fantastic, get there, get my practice going. Yeah, get out of this room, get to that meditation, or get my practice going. And cry, oh, sorry, excuse oh, sorry. You know, you bump into somebody because you're in a hurry to get to the meditation or to get to your Zafu or, you know, these kinds of things. Or you're blurred. And of course, when you get to your Zafu, sitting there and it's got this stirred up, oh, trying to get to, trying to get to, oh, yeah. You know, so how these trajectories, binding, clinging, Shaping the chitta gives rise to the self. And if it's otherwise, if we open the door, get the body walking, pointing in the right direction, and reckon, well, there it goes. I guess if it keeps going, it will land somewhere. (laughs) And you just open attention, open the awareness around that, you feel the Textures, the pressures, the warmths, perceptions, visual consciousness changing. Uh, it changes into something, another form, which we call the meditation hall. But you, ha- you your, your, your circle hasn't gone anywhere. Your awareness hasn't gone anywhere. It's just allowed these forms, rupa, perceptions, consciousness to arise within it. And... Now they call it this. Okay, we'll call it this. We'll call it a meditation hall because you've got to call it something. But it's the same. So when you reset like that, in that way, you find that which never leaves you doesn't achieve anything, doesn't come, doesn't go, Um, is able to encompass feeling, perception, the data of consciousness, encompass them, discern them, be clear about them, but with a sense of this is just stuff that's arising with an awareness. Relate to that in a clear, dispassionate, mindful way, responsible way. That's what we do. Results, we'll see. Something's going to happen. You know? So you go back to your room, you sit there, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Or nothing to do. What am I supposed to do? Nothing to do. Well, it's happening. It's called agitation. Practice with that. Mm. But maybe I should do more walking or standing or sitting. Or perhaps I should just take a break. It's happening. It's called doubt. (laughs) And so it's happening. It's already happening. And then you might say, what helps, what encourages the jitta, you know, to do that, that disengagement? 
Yes, there are specific things we can bring into play. We can bring into play the qualities of goodwill when it's contracted around ill will. We can bring into play the qualities of mindfulness when a jitta is distracted, flooded, overwhelmed. So yes, there are things we can bring in. And you bring them in with a sense of generating supportive structure so you can enter in. You can enter in and open. You enter into a room, make it such that you can enter into it, feel safe, comfortable, you can open. You enter into a meditation hall, so you feel, yes, okay, I can open here. You enter into your body with its stuff. You find, how can I open, how can I enter into this? Well, if I just go to the floor beneath me and the space around me and the sense of having a structure, yeah, I can, I can get into that. You know? If I hold to those boundaries, the jitta can begin to sense those boundaries and rest on those boundaries. It's got somewhere simple, clear, not subject to argument, conflict. And then process what's arising in the somatic territory, territory of what the body's feeling or doing allows me to enter into it. So yes, there is that skillful, uh, careful uh, generation, you know, a sankara, an activation. The activation is just to support the stability and the dispassion of the citta. So we start to angle, use these aggregates. As said, you know, of all perceptions, the most skillful perception, the most skillful orientation, the most skillful meaning that you keep in mind is this will change. This will change. Internally, externally, this will change. This is subject to change. This arose. It was born. It was generated. It moves changes. That considered to be the, the most supreme meaning and perception to establish. So you do orient around these aggregates but in ways that inclines them to liberation rather than bondage. Of all feelings, qualities of stimulation, stimulations that are, that are associated with uh, the happiness of goodwill, the clarity of skillful behavior, a lack of regret, you know, a sense of caring for others, of all feelings, feelings that arise from these bases, are that which we use for steering our mind, inclined that way. When you're feeling nervous and upset, then let's just do a little bit of generosity. Let's, ah, that's better. 
when I'm feeling useless and hopeless, just remember the sila. You don't harm creatures. You don't defile creatures. You don't distort your speech. Rest upon that. Then the feeling that arises from that is called the bliss of blamelessness. And that takes you out of those perceptions of not managing, can't do very well, blah, 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 blah. So in this way we use these aggregates in order to not so much get out of the aggregates but get out of the compulsive self-bonding experience that occurs around them. Rightly cultivated, these aggregates lead to one's welfare and happiness. Wrongly accrued to, they're, they're termed like five assassins. And the, the analogy is if five people come to the door of your house offering to serve you, you think, oh, you can come in. Feeling comes, says, I'll give you pleasure, oh, come in. Perception comes along, I'll give you an understanding, oh, come in. Sankaras turn up, yeah, I'll, I'll give you something you can aim for, come in. Form comes up, this is a place to abide in, oh, come in. Consciousness, I'll give you all kinds of interesting things to see, oh, please come into my house. They come into your house, they get established, you get dependent upon them, they say, then one day they say, okay, now's the time. Then consciousness says, stabs you with wounding impressions, <laughs> feeling, digs you with painful feeling, perception jumps on you with painful memories. <laughs> form starts to disintegrate, crumble. And so this is <laughs> this is when these when you clung to these aggregates are five assassins. But when properly cultivated, they lead to your lasting welfare and happiness. <laughs> and the senses we have in our practice is to sustain that mindful awareness of them. So the jitta takes its true shape, which is open unbounded, freed. And we support the movement aggregates that allow it to return to its true home where there are no assassins. So let's take some time for direct practice.